Welcome to Baby Boomer Tales. This is Jim. I'm so glad that you're here with me today. Let's get started. This episode is called My Vehicles. Now, I've never been a car guy, although in the latter part of the 20th and now in the 21st centuries, you have to have a car to get anywhere. Everything's very spread out, so you have to have a car. And I never was one to put too many model cars together or have pictures of cars up on my bedroom wall or any of that. But I did put a couple model cars together, mainly because my friend Wayne liked to put models together. So once in a while, I put one together so we'd have something in common. There were a couple cars I really kind of dreamed of having when I was pre-16. And about the time I turned 16, the opportunity came to get one of those, and that was an MG Midget. This guy I knew was selling his, so he let me take it for a spin, and I immediately drove it up to the house, and my dad was home for lunch, and I tried to sell him on me owning that, and my mom said, you'd get killed driving that thing. It was little convertible, if you remember those things. Very small car and kind of fast. My dad backed her up, and there was no argument. I became angry, but had to give in since I had no money. They had the purse strings, and they weren't letting go of them for a MG Midget for me. The other car I always wish I had and dreamed a little bit about was a Plymouth Barracuda. Do you remember those? They had a big back window slanted back. The window went from side to side and all the way back. I thought that was the coolest car. I really didn't study up on the size of the motor or how fast it went, any of that. I didn't care if it was a muscle car or anything. I liked that window, I guess. Well, I never owned either one of those. When I was about 14, the Ford garage there in town had an auction one night, and my dad bought an old, old station wagon with a three-speed on the column, And his whole reason for buying it was to teach us kids how to drive a three-speed, how to drive a car. The way my dad usually taught you was, he said, just go do it. So he drove it up to the farm road behind the airport road there. Got out, showed us how you push in the clutch. There's three on the column. I went from reverse down to first, up and over and up for second, and down for third he says, okay, don't wreck this car. Don't hurt yourselves. There you go. And I think John was probably about 11. So Don would have been about 9. And I was about 14. And we learned how to drive a three-speed with that old car. Dad didn't own it very long. We probably ran into something I can't even remember. But I do remember driving it. And I remember the night he bought it there at the Ford Garage Auction. My parents owned a 1963 Ford station wagon. Well, by the time I got to be 16, I was wanting to drive, and they did buy a new Chrysler 300 car. And so I kind of inherited that station wagon, and I went everywhere in that station wagon. Absolutely everywhere. It was a white station wagon. You could see me coming for miles. Well, we lived next door to the folks that owned the Ford garage. And my dad always bought Fords until that Chrysler. And that Chrysler, the reason he bought that was my mother's uncle 
owned a Chrysler dealership in a town about 90 miles away. And so that was the fanciest car we ever had. We'd always had station wagons before that. But I was only allowed to drive it one time, and that was for my senior prom. And what I had to do is I had to go pick the girl up, take her to the prom, then after the prom, come home immediately and trade cars into my old station wagon. I'm amazed they let me drive it that far. I drove that station wagon everywhere. When I got about 19 years old, I sold it at one of those car lots that yells out on their sign, cash for your car, and I really got took. I thought I needed the money at the time, and I don't think they gave me much money for that car. That was a good car. Well, so then all of a sudden I was carless. I'd stopped hitchhiking after a while, and I needed a car. So I went back to the Ford garage and bought an old station wagon from Fred. And that car quit on me on my way back to Denver. Called my dad, and my brother John and him came and pulled it back to town, and Fred gave me a refund. He was real good like that. He was one of the easiest guys to trade with you ever knew. And he was busy, and he prospered because of it, I am sure. Well, that old Ford station wagon kind of left me walking again. And somehow, some way, I ended up buying a Volkswagen Carmen Ghia. Do you remember those things? They weren't a bug, but they were small like that with the engine in the back, just like the bug. And I remember I bought it, and I took my girlfriend for a ride, and it was in the wintertime. And I turned on the heater... And the exhaust started coming into the car. And I guess that was Volkswagen's idea of a heater, at least that car. You could about get asphyxiated trying to not freeze to death. So I didn't own it but a couple weeks. And I traded it for a brand new Toyota Corolla. Now I had a job. It was a pretty good job. And I passed the credit. I think my dad may have had to co-sign for me. First thing I did was I went down to the stereo 8-track tape store and bought a new 8-track player and had them put it in to the car. I didn't just want AM radio. And so now I had me a brand new 8-track player in my brand new car. And I'd go to the park and I'd play frisbee and I'd have that 8-track tape player playing with the doors open. I had speakers in the doors and just play frisbee, listening to music and thought everything was all well and good in the world. Well, one thing I was raised doing that for some reason I neglected with this car is we always had to change our oil every 3,000 miles. And I just kind of blew it off. Didn't change the oil and Pretty soon, I wasn't working my good job, and long story short, my brother Don inherited that car, and but one time right before that, I got in a wreck in that car. I was going around a corner in the middle of the night on icy, slick roads, and I met a car, and it started spinning circles, donuts right in the road, and there was nothing I could do except tell the girl that was with me to hold on, and we crashed, and it was his fault, and he got a ticket. But then the judge said since the guy was from Texas, he wasn't used to driving on slick roads and he forgave the ticket. And so then I had an insurance problem and we fought with him for a while. And I think we did finally win, got the car fixed. But then I kind of lost interest in the car and my little brother Don inherited it. Last I heard about that car, 
Don was on this, what we call the trough road, clear up there. It's a road that's kind of precarious and cars have been known to go off the edge. And the hood flew up when he was driving. I shouldn't put that in the form of a question. The hood flew up when he was driving. They got rid of the car shortly after that. So my love affair with pickups started. I bought an old 1950 Chevy pickup. It was dark green, no shine at all. Kind of looked like a, the color of a tree. That was a good old truck. I drove that a lot. Even drove it to Denver to a John Denver concert there at Red Rocks. It was a good old truck. But then I sold it and I got a 1960 Dodge pickup. And that was definitely a step up for me. The truck went faster and it was in better repair. Looked pretty good. And I drove that quite a while. And then I got enough money together to buy my first 4x4 pickup. It was a 1970 Ford F100 Ranger. Back in 1970, the Rangers and the F100, that was before the F150, they were full-size pickups. So it was a full half-ton pickup. It had power steering and power brakes. The power steering was how much power does my arms have to turn it. The power brakes, too, I had a scrunch on those suckers. But I loved that truck. I went everywhere in that truck. That truck and me and my dogs were all interwoven and interwound, and we were one and the same. I had that truck for years. When I was going to be married, my fiance, I, I don't like that word. Do you like that word? The girl I was going to marry used my truck to go pick her parents up at the Denver airport so she had to drive over the pass and pick her folks up with the power steering, all the power she could muster, and brought them back to the mountains. I had that truck for a long time. After we started having kids, for some reason, we got rid of that truck. We had a van. The way we got the van is right after we were married, we bought a brand new Mustang, Ford Mustang for my wife. And that was a hot little car, and it was a nice looking car, and everything was great about it, except for it got 12 miles to a gallon. We drove it to Kansas City to see her folks one time. And I thought I was going to run out of gas between exits a couple times. So we traded the Mustang to my dad. He had a motorhome and he wanted a car to pull behind the motorhome. And he had this custom Ford van. It was pretty nice inside. So we traded him straight up the car for the van. And we started having kids and that van was perfect for the kids, for traveling. We had that van for a very long time. Well, my wife realized that we couldn't go with just one vehicle. And so we bought a Nissan Stanza, brand new again. Third new car ever purchased. And that thing had power windows. I had never had a car with power windows. I remember my grandparents' Cadillac always had power windows. I thought that was really something. We'd really come up in the world. That was a pretty good little car. It got good gas mileage. Had front-wheel drive. First car I ever had with front-wheel drive. And that was good traction up in the snow. Then we acquired an old Ford Galaxy. We had moved to the Kansas City area. And I had gotten rid of my van and we were down to one car again and Kim's uncle gave us this old Ford Galaxy. Well that really served its purpose for a few months. It really did. But one time 
I had to work late, and we had tickets to go to a Royals game. So Kim said, well, I'll take the kids, and we'll meet you there. So when I was pulling in, the game had already started. It was dark. Pulled into the parking lot, paid for parking, started driving to where I was going to park, and the bumper fell off. Remember those old bumpers, old steel bumpers that were uh, some chrome on the outside of it? I bet that sucker weighed over 100 pounds. What am I going to do with this? Well, first I had to pull the other end off of the car because I couldn't just drag it around. And then I stuck it in the back window and it was sticking out the window. And I drove like that for two or three weeks. And then we bought a Buick Park Avenue. It was used. Some old people had just traded it in. It was a nice car. First car I ever had with air conditioning. Back in the mountains, no one ever had air conditioning in their cars back then. I certainly didn't. We moved to Kansas, and I couldn't believe how hot it was. And uh, the 460, four windows down, 60 miles an hour air conditioning was just not enough. So as time went on, we got a Plymouth Voyager minivan. Traded in the Park Avenue. My wife loved that minivan. Informed me that she would always drive a minivan. Okay, if that's what you want. I mean, we were hauling kids around and everything. That's that's great. In the meantime, my parents had given me a Chevy van that was all custom again. They didn't need it. They didn't want it. And it really didn't run very good. It really needed a complete tune-up. And I didn't know really what to do with it. I had two cars, and I was just sitting out in the street. I tried to drive it once in a while. It was nice. So I talked with my dad, and I told him, I think I'm going to sell it. And he said, that's fine. So we had a for sale sign on it. And this guy I knew, him and his wife came. And I always liked his wife, but I never really much cared for him. He was a little bit arrogant. And he said, why don't you give us that van? We really need a vehicle. So I thought about it, and I looked at him. I looked at her. I looked at her again. Talked with my wife, and we gave him that van. Turns out, a couple days later, I found out that he went straight down to a car dealer and traded it for a brand new car. I was very angry with him. But like I always say, and I need to listen to myself so often, when you give it, you give it. It's no longer yours. So I've forgiven them and moved on. After my parents passed away, they had four vehicles. And when it came time to uh, start distributing some of their stuff, I got my dad's Ford Escort. Now, he used it to go around and collect rents. He learned that trick from my grandpa. Leave the nice car in the garage and go collect rents with the old car. So I drove that car to work for years. But it had no air conditioning. I think I only did it because I had this fond attachment to the memory of my folks. Finally, I gave that old Escort away. It was a good old car, but it wasn't a car for here. It had no air conditioning. You have to have air conditioning here. You can always tell the cars that don't have air conditioning or the air conditioner's broke because their windows are down in the summertime. We traded my wife's Plymouth Voyager for a 2000 Jeep Grand Cherokee. It is by far and away the nicest vehicle we've ever owned. Even much nicer than that Park Avenue. It had all the bells and whistles. It had 20,000 miles and the guy had traded it for a Cadillac Escalade. And it served us for a quarter million miles. That was such a nice car and I really, really hated to trade it in. 
but it was starting to fall apart at 250,000 miles. I think I take after my mother like that. I become attached to some of these vehicles. That's my mom shining in me and not my dad for sure. I had a 1997 Ford F-150. It was nice looking. But after a few thousand miles, I was wearing the tire, so I went down to get a line, and people told me, hey, uh, you need to take this to a frame shop. I go, what do you mean? I said, uh, take it to the frame shop. Let them figure it out. Long story short, the frame was broken. It had been in a wreck. It was not disclosed to me. And the frame was broken, actually broken. It had been welded, but the weld was coming loose. And so I got a lawyer, and we contacted the guy. And this guy was from a town about 100 miles south of us. And his mother owned a couple banks down there. And I guess what actually happened is this guy would buy distressed vehicles, fix them up, and, and sell them. And that's what he was doing. So we caught him at it, and he paid to have a new frame put on it. That's fascinating, watch him take everything off of that frame, put everything on a brand new frame. It was three or $4,000 job clear back then. After that truck, and it, that truck lasted for 250000 but I did have to put a new motor in it. I'm sure it was from that wreck that had done something to it. But I bought a 2010 Dodge Ram, brand new. Now, I'd always been a Ford guy, and the reason why is because of Fred and his family and his business. They had business next door to us, and they lived next door to us, and they have a special place in my heart. But all of a sudden, I went looking for Fords, and I couldn't buy a several-year-old Ford for what this new Dodge cost me, so I bought the Dodge, and it's been a good truck. And then the Cherokee finally wore out, and my wife bought a Chevy Escort. She lets me know about it every periodically, how that car is not that Grand Cherokee at all. I'm sure we'll have to buy some more cars in our lifetime. I don't drive as much as I used to. I'd take care of them like nobody's business. My dad trained me to check the oil every morning and change the oil every 3,000 miles. Well, I don't check the oil every morning anymore. These cars are a different breed than when he was young. But I do change my oil every 3,000, even though the owner's manual says 5,000. I don't care. 3,000 it is, Dad. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed, I ask that you please share it. I would appreciate it. You can access our webpage at babyboomertales.com. There, there are links to our Facebook page, Google Play Music, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and many more links where you can listen to our podcast. Kindness is a choice. Choose kindness, if you will. You'll be glad you did. I'll be back next Wednesday.